You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. My name is Jesse Fagerlin. My family and I uh, went to the Philippines three, four weeks ago, something like that. Uh, I went about a year and a half ago. Uh, with a, with another group and kind of fell in love with the place and so I had to take my family back uh, along with my family uh, well they are my family but my mother and father-in-law came as well and uh, Uncle Justin uh, came as well so everybody's going to get up here and talk for just a, a couple minutes about kind of their experience and um, uh, we kind of broke up uh, things that we want to that we want to discuss uh, everybody's going to take kind of a subject. So, first of all, I wanted to thank um, everybody here for all of your help uh, in helping us get to the Philippines. I mean, with prayer and with finances and uh, um, just everything. Uh, we really appreciate it. From the, from the get-go, I mean, finances are my biggest issue always. And so from the get-go, uh, that was kind of um, taken away, uh, that, that uh, concern anyway. Um, Shortly after we, we discussed um, with the church that we wanted to go back as a family, uh, we, we had several people, but I wanted to uh, point out the Carters in, um, specifically because we had uh, people like the Carters came, come up to us one day after church and say, do your fundraising, do what you need to do, but we got you covered no matter what. I'm like, well, that's cool. It's going to cost us like twelve grand to go. We've got like $53 saved up. So <laughs> I don't think you know what you're getting yourselves into. And they're like, do your fundraising. We got you covered. And so people like that, um, people stepping up and, and helping us um, so, that, so that we didn't have those hurdles that we would normally have was just huge to us, absolutely huge. And so I want to thank all of you for all of your support and uh, helping us get to the Philippines. Um, one of the one of the most common questions that we get is what did what do you before we left and since we've been back it's it's what did you do or what were um, what were your projects did you build anything did you you know did you fix things did you what, what did you do um, we did not we did not go down we, we did not go to the Philippines and build a church we didn't go build houses we didn't um, fix up anything we went and built relationships that's that's the um, the focus of, of Mark and Melissa Young with their uh, site that they have there is they want um, relationships to be built um, from across the world. And that's exactly what happened. That's what happened the first time that I went, um, and that's why I had to go back, because I've been to Juarez, uh, Mexico, uh, built a house there. I've been to uh, West Virginia. Uh, I've been to Bayou Labatre, Alabama, all on missions trips where we did stuff, where we fixed up houses, where we built houses, we did uh, what we needed to do, and then we came back. And every time uh, that I went on a mission trip like that, I would come back and I'd feel like we got our mission accomplished. We went there, we built our house, we came back, good. You know, we're done. Um, coming back from the Philippines, it was the exact opposite. Uh, instead of coming back and feeling like mission accomplished, um, we come back and we feel like mission just beginning, which is, um, I don't want to say an unsatisfying because it's absolutely not unsatisfying, um, but it is much harder to deal with uh, because I can't just, we can't just come back here and live our life like normal uh, when we've got um, people like uh, like Jamil, right Remy? <laughs> <laughs> 
I love these people over there, and I miss them. And I know Randy's going to cry too. <laughs> but when you come back uh, to America, and you've got such friends and family on the other side of the world, like Jamil, and experiencing Jamil's joy, we can't just come back here and live our life like normal. We have to go back, or we have to help um, in other ways. We have to do what we can. Uh, when Jamil's twin brother, Jamil, <laughs> is just starting school at 25 years old. Um, how, how do we just come back and live our life here and not help him by prayer, by finances, by whatever it might be, to help him get his education? How do we not go back and, and visit beautiful Glyanne and her, and her beautiful family? How do, we, how do we do that? We can't. And then, and then you got... Jean Mercy, and then you got Rowella, and then you got Red, and then you got Jofre, and you got, I mean, I could go on and on with all of these relationships that we built up. How can we come back here and just go on when we've got friends and family on the other side of the world now? So, um, mission, definitely not accomplished. Mission, uh, only beginning for the Fagerland family. Whatever that looks like, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. My favorite part is listening to the whole group and listening to everybody's uh, different um, experiences and how listening to how this whole group's heart um, fell in love uh, with the people that I fell in love with uh, a year and a half ago or so. So uh, with that, I'll turn it over to my kids and they're gonna talk about some some uh, pictures. So. Can somebody move the TV back? Oh. <laughs> you didn't know what we're looking at. There we go. There we go. Okay, that's much better. We'll just. Oh, um, so our first, our first flight was awesome because we actually got to um, have people from Common Ground. Dayton came with us, and Ray was there when we um, got there in the morning, and um, everything was delayed, so it was really nice, and it was like kind of a calming thing that we had like family there helping us, because um, we don't know how to travel internationally, um, and so um, I'm going to click again. So they started us off right, and I'll turn over to Josiah. <coughs> um, first, um, when we got there, they brought us to um, where we stayed, and it was like 12 o'clock, but it felt like noon for us. Um, it was like 16, 14 hours difference. Yes. And then we went, had to go to bed, which felt like a nap, and then Grandpa had to preach right in the morning. And oh, um, so at the he didn't talk about the church, but we went to the church called Cells Alive, which is also doubles as the school, the Bright Light School. And my grandpa teach taught, preached, and um, over the phone they didn't get his name right, so they called him Pastor Bob, and they spelled his name wrong, <laughs> his last name too. So from now on, it's Pastor Bob. 
What? What is your actual grandpa's name? Oh, Doug. No, it's Bob. Actually, it's Bob. Yeah, now it is. It's Bob now. Yeah. From now on, he's Pastor Bob. Yeah. Oh, uh, after we went to Cells Alive, we went to Samboyna Church. Samboyna is this little village. That um, the poverty there is very bad, and um, yeah, um, Grandpa had to have a Pastor Bob had to have a interpreter, which is the other person in that picture. Camille. 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 She's awesome. Those are some of the people. That's the church. Yes. Yeah. You? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, that night we went to Youth Alive, which um, Justin preached at. Uh, we. That's another slide. Um, yeah, we did prayer groups, and um, later on there was like a mosh pit for Christian music. <laughs> like Newsboys, some of the songs we played, it was. It was insane. It was really crazy. <laughs> we were too tired. We kept falling yeah. asleep, but they kept going. So. so we did the Amazing Race, which we got paired up in groups. And we went around Manila. And it was kind of like a scavenger hunt to find like places. And um, I was in my dad's group. And... Um, we won, <laughs> and then um, I got last place. Just had his group got last. <laughs> Justin and Justin. Yep. Yeah. Oh, what your the bridge? Oh, the bridge. And then we had to go across the this huge bridge. It was really high up. You guys can't to see finish it. And I'm crazy made. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, so, I think the first or second day that we were there, um, we came across, well, we met some of our neighbors on a walk, and they had some amazing fruit, and we got to talk to them, but then the next day we were out for another walk, and we came across a bunch of Zumba music, um, and so of course we had to go and see what they were doing, so we walked in uh, to this gym area, and it was filled with um senior citizens of the area doing Zumba and rocking it. Um, so we kind of, we actually ended up going back once more and um, they thought Jesse was a famous American actor because Pastor Bob told them he was. So my, husband, <laughs> my husband is all over Facebook on these ladies' pages. <laughs> they thought he was real good looking. And, um, but, and I was saw my parents dance like I never want to see again. Um, but it was just really fun to like become part of the community and that's just one of the great things about Filipino people is like, um, I mean, as an American of course we're looked at a lot more, but they're just so hospitable and like we were just part of the group and they just had open arms and we, I mean, truly hundreds and hundreds of pictures taken. So it's, um, it's a surreal moment when that happens. So on Tuesday we went to um, and met the kids at Bright Lights the fir- the fir- for the first time, um, and that was a really cool experience um, just to see what they do. The teachers are just so like um, joyful, and they 
they put so much into the students' lives, and um, it was just really neat to see. I mean, it is the loudest, most chaotic teaching experience you will ever um, witness, because we were like, are they getting anything done? And, like, you know, it's just, but that's just how they do it. Um, so that was really interesting to see. Uh, I don't know what the next slide is. Oh, so of course they made us dance. We're not showing any videos of that. Sorry. <laughs> you can come over and we can maybe. Yeah, that's embarrassing. At some point. Uh, so we all got to dance. And um, then later in the day. Um, later in that day, we got paired up with some Filipino people from the village um, Samboyna. And Skyler and my dad went to a different village. I'm not sure what it was called, but we all went to this little market. Well, actually it was massive, but it was just outdoor everything. You could, it was just a lot of food, I guess. And um, we got some food for these people, and then we went to their homes afterwards to talk with them and pray for them. And it was, it's interesting how they look like that. Um, so me and my dad went to somebody's house, and <laughs> um, my dad held the baby, and then my dad wanted to take a selfie with the baby, and um, she was looking up, like, very confused at <laughs> What is this creature? <laughs> oh. Um, so, Jamil's um, niece, um, Nika, <laughs> she called me Ate Barbie, and so we got her a Barbie, and um, it looked kind of like me. <laughs> so now what do they call it? Ate Sky. Yeah. I think this is really Mother, no, it's mother's. mother's. Um, so we've talked about Guyane a lot. Um, Guyane, I'll talk a lot, a little bit more about her. Um, but we got to meet Guyane's family and take everybody out for bowling and take her family out for bowling. Um, her parents had never bowled before, um, and they schooled us. Like they got points. I mean, it was amazing. Um, it was just a, a really fun time to be able to like be. Um, be able to take them out so that they could experience something like that that they usually don't get to, and for them to just have a break. Um, her dad works around the clock um, as a construction worker, and so that um, it was just really special that he got that time off. He got to have fun and like just to get to see him have fun. Because um, who, I mean, who knows when's the last time he's ever had a break in his life? Um, so that was just really special to have to see that. This is Guyan and Skyler. One on the right is 19, the other one is 10, and I love that picture because they just they look like sisters, but they're from across the world, and and Skyler's so tough. Can I talk about this? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Um, so it was the day after that we were with Glyon's family, and we went bowling. We went to the pool with Jamil's family. Um, it was a lot of fun, and their niece loved it. Their niece Nika, and um, Jamil's twin brother Janiel was super cold all the time. But like, he would come down to the pool, 
even though it was like 90 degrees out, he was still cold. But he would, like, if us Americans were alone, he would just come to, yeah, supervise us. And this is me proving that I'm taller than most Filipinos. <laughs> and then we fought. <laughs> more pictures. And then um, Justin's everybody's uncle now. So even if you're older than him, he's your uncle. <laughs> oh, this week. Um, we, um, was like Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Um, Thursday we went to the waterfall and um, these guys that were like 30 to 60 years old brought us all the way up the, these r rapids and it was insane and they were working so hard and, they, and then later we got to know how much, how little we got paid how little they got, they got paid and yeah so that was sad but the waterfalls were beautiful Um, so on Friday, I uh, got to go to the school and teach uh, a jewelry class. Um, I made jewelry on the side. And so it was really fun to watch the kids. Um, like, it's, it took a while for them to get it, but once they got it, they, once again, way better than I am at it and did an amazing job. Um, but it was really, really fun. Um, Melissa kind of talked about how it was just nice for them to focus on something besides like the stresses in their life. And so I just felt really honored to be able to give them that, even though it was like just a couple hours. Um, but um, it was really fun to just bring something from here, there, and like to kind of share in that, um, like a love of mine, be able to share that with the students. And they're, they're, they're just so fun. Um, and there was one of our meals at the school with um, a lot of the teachers. And they every, every time we were at the school, they would pretty much make us a banquet um, and feed us, um, which was pretty awesome. Um, so after that class, we went to Samboina, and my mom taught a class there for Bible study. And um, a lot of the ladies already knew how to crochet before my mom even taught them how um, and then this is baby Caleb. Yeah. He was very, very wiggly. Our goal was just to hold a baby. <laughs> and, um, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's doing best work. Um, and then while the girls were doing the jewelry class, my grandma and grandpa were napping. <laughs> but then the rest of us went out to play basketball in Samboyna with some of the bright light students and um, my dad was like a thousand times um, larger and sweatier. <laughs> That's not a shadow on his back. It's not. <laughs> and um, I didn't play basketball because I'm not big into sports and um, uh, yeah, I was just on the sidelines, hanging out with a bunch of kids at San Bueno, messing with my Rubik's Cube, and I became, and they were like, all around me, and it was just like, solve my cube. <laughs> 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 
Self-explanatory? I don't know. We went to, uh, Jesse went, and Justin and Remy went to a gym with some of the guys, Jamil and Janiel. Um, the brothers are there. Um, a little, little sketchy, little, I mean, just a little terrifying that my husband was using those weights, but they were pretty impressed with Jesse and that he could like use all the weights at once, so. Um, yeah. Oh, this this one, yeah. This is just. Um, mm-hmm. Does anybody see it? <laughs> yeah, you can see Josiah. There's like ten pictures of Josiah creeping in the back of pictures. So, a very sweet picture, and then Josiah. <laughs> The last day with our student, with the students there, after we did the jewelry, um, we, Justin, did some magic tricks with the Filipinos, and they were, they loved it, like, a lot. Yeah. Um, and then we had to say goodbye, and that was probably the saddest time of the entire trip. Yeah. <laughs> No. Oh yeah, that's wrong. Um, And then on our last day on Saturday, um, we were able to spend some time with Vanessa's sister and mom, um, which was just really a neat time. Um, Vanessa's sister has so many of the mannerisms of Vanessa, so it's just bizarre to see like Vanessa 2.0 over in the Philippines. but it was it was lovely because we have met I have we have had the privilege of meeting them before and then to get to see them in the Philippines and they would not stop feeding us which I knew it was coming but it was like something to experience we went to a restaurant and we were good but they were like oh you want some more like okay and then they just because they wanted us to try every Filipino every Filipino dish there was and it was fantastic I'm glad they glad they did that so that was really lovely of them. Um, so after that, it was, it's one of those things like, I think we would have probably stayed in Samboyna, the village there, the entire time if we could have. Um, whenever we went and did other things, like, we kind of always felt pulled back there, um, into the families there. And so the last night, um, we just had to go back. And so, um, we went and saw Jamil's family one last time, um, and then went and saw Glyanne's family. And, and her house is plastered in Hello Kitty, and it was the best thing I've ever seen. Um, but oh, don't have her no, um, I'm probably gonna cry. Um, so that's Jamil standing right next to me. He's more than twice the age of me, and we're like the same size. He's a little taller, and he's tall for a Filipino, apparently. He said he was very tall. I don't believe it. <laughs> but am I done? No. No. <laughs> um he was amazing. He was super nice. He was just like having another brother. A better brother. <laughs> Esther 
mother, I'm not quite sure about how to. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we'll move past that. Um, if you can't, if you can't tell, I mean, um, I'll just say one thing. One thing that Jesse was really wanting this trip to do was to break our hearts, and obviously it did um, greatly. And um, that's why, like, we are moved to tears whenever we talk to, about the people there. Um, the, so, like, I had, like, the first night, and I cried all night, and Jesse was just, like, so happy, and I've never had somebody, like, <laughs> laugh at my, but it was such a, it was su- it's such a, it's such a good breaking that happens. Um, so, this is Glyanne. Um, she's just, she's so beautiful, and then, and then when you get to hear her voice, and this soft, like, sweet voice that she has, and to give her a hug for the first time, um, She's, she's a big reason that we had to go back. Um, just like Jesse met her and he just knew what her life could be if someone does not intercede in her life um, as a police officer, as a, just somebody who worked, I mean, just somebody who was there and saw the poverty and saw what can happen to kids there. Um, and she's kind of like the first kid that caused us to fall in love with and have a passion for the kids of the Philippines. Um, and she has a wonderful family. We are so honored to have been able to meet that meet them. But we are so honored to be part of her life, and um, we'll fight for her um, for the life that she has. Right now, she's in college, um, and she's actually going into criminology, which is really cool. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean. It, we, I think we all now have, and, and Glyan was the start of it, is just, um, we're not sure what's going to happen, but we have a passion for the, the people, and especially the kids and the um, young adults of the Philippines. And so um, we don't know what's going to happen eventually with that, but we know that God is preparing us for something like that just because of that, for that meeting that Jesse had. Um, and actually just even meeting Vanessa, Ten years ago, there's something that's been in the works a really long time, and uh, we're excited to see what happens because of that. So, um, so um, well, so this is the Youngs. They're the ones that um, were our um, caretakers the whole time. They um, run the Envision site, and then Envision is part of the CMA, um, and Envision partners with. Bright Lights Academy. They are together, but not the same um, entity. Um, so right now, um, Pastor Mark oversees Bright Lights, but he's actually going to be stepping down and allowing like the Filipinos to take over that school completely. And, and that's one of the most important things that they want to do is like to um, bring up the talents and stuff that the Filipinos have over there so that they can do it. That we're not like Americans coming in and taking their jobs and, and all that stuff that that we um, and we're empowering them to do it themselves because um, they are more than capable and they're amazing people. So um, the youngs just need a lot of prayer and a lot of support um, from us and around the world for the amazing work that they are doing over in the Philippines. Oh. Oh, we can grow. Okay, you guys are done. Okay, good.
I, I need to talk about kind of serious stuff. Um, I, I knew when we went over that Doug and I would be sponsoring some children. So I tried to hug as many of them as would let me. Because I didn't know which one God was going to have us pick out. So I'm kind of a hugger person anyway. So I actually did, of the three children, well, children, some, a couple of them are adults, really, got to hug two of them and have talked to all three of them and spent time with them. Enough to know that God is at work in their life and will work. There is no way out of poverty in the Philippines, and I do not know for other Asian countries, except education. There is no government support. There is no Medicaid. There's no Medicare. There is nothing. And you need to understand that to understand why entities like what we're talking about, churches who do this, have schools. It is their only way out. And this is just one of There were other churches there who had other schools. And I feel privileged to have been around these youngs who are missionaries there because he does not believe in the premise of being the great white saviors going in. And this is the way it should be for ministry, and it is the way it should be for missionaries. Um, so, back to our kids. Now, to sponsor a kid there... I only have two, two brochures. We didn't bring anything back with us. There are three programs. There's an external where they do support the um, uh, traditional public school. And they have a fund set up for that for kids who are going still to a public school. And all that the government does is build the buildings. Everything else comes from the people or the province. And so that is one way that money can be distributed. The next way is what Doug and I have decided to work with, which is the alternative learning situation. These are kids who are from 13 to 25. Basically, the college kids that have come back here, they are starting in grammar school, a lot of them, because of a lot of their home situations. And some of them, they're finishing their GED, and one of the ones that we're supporting is Janiel, who is the twin of Jamil, who is finishing his college. His situation is that they had to choose because there's 11 children, or was it eight, in their family. They chose early on in this, these young people's lives of the oldest boys who would go to school and who would go to work. So Janiel, who we are now currently supporting at age 25, has worked all his life as an illiterate in, believe me, low-paying job. He knows he can go nowhere and cannot get married and cannot have his own family until he becomes literate and have a better paying job to support a family. And he knows this, and his family knows this. So Jamil, who has the education, is finishing criminology, and as Jesse has pointed out, that he is going to become a police officer or a fireman. They all learn the same education, then they make their choice, and they get a little bit of training or certification to do that. And his job will be hard because right now, the Philippines is one of the most corrupt police in the world. They are one of the top three. You think Mexico is bad? And he has a lot to face, and any of these criminology students we met who are finishing their criminology have a lot to face and a long, long road ahead. But Janiel, he kept, uh, Janiel kept pushing this guy at us. 
you know, he, I, we didn't even know he was his twin brother. Did you know he sat by that thing? He was kind of shy and he was like this. He didn't talk. You know, he was very quiet. Right. Asked him, you know, asked him a few questions. And he he spoke, speaks broken. You know, he doesn't know a lot of English. And, and finally I found out he was Jamil's twin. And I went, he says, we're fraternal. We don't look alike. I said, okay. You both look Filipino. <laughs> uh, but what I want to say is we did sponsor two other children. I, I guess I didn't finish. Okay. Okay, and there's a provisional program. And uh, that is an extra, another fund that is for children who are special needs, for children who need more help than... Like if they go to a public school and they need a therapist, there is no money for a therapist. They will see if that is feasible, and they find funds for that. Now, sponsorship itself, it takes four sponsors per student to get through. Say, just take one year. Each sponsorship is $42. And we chose to do three children. Well, one's 25. But they look like kids. I mean, they like come to hear me. Um, and that is provides where they learn, which is the bright lights, qualified teachers, school supplies, education through college, and job placement. They do have uh, connections with counselors. They provide two meals a day to make sure that the children stay functioning. Otherwise, sometimes they do not eat and are trying to learn, which actually we face here also in our own city. And they provide what they can for medical and dental. And that is at least once a year, each child is checked by professionals. And if they determine they have to have in order to eat, they get dental care. Um, and if there's anything physically wrong with them, like uh, even one of the young college students, she had TB. And she was doing it through her college and found out she'd been misdiagnosed and they gave her the wrong antibiotic and she almost died. And we almost didn't get to meet her. And now they found out, oh, you do have... TV, and now she gets the right one, and she's alive. And she was actually one of the most. Oh, I'm talking too long, Doug said. Okay, that well, that's one of the problems why I don't do this. <laughs> uh, okay, they grow on counseling and discipleship and spiritual. And one thing that impressed me most was that there is so much love going on in this place. I have never seen teachers, and I've been a teacher myself, uh, mainly substitute teaching, <coughs> which is scary if you're a teacher and you know about that um, at high school level. Um, these these teachers love these kids, and even when they're yelling at them to shut up, and they're very loud, they love those kids to death. They just are the most wonderful teachers in the world. I was so impressed with them, and impressed with the kids. The love situation there is just incredible. Um, they could teach us a lot as Americans, and truly as Christians. Teaching other Christians, they can teach us a lot. Okay, now get down here. And I do, for those of you who can afford it, sponsor. We, we had to make it fit. We're on fixed income. It can happen. Uh, I want to talk about my shirt first. I, in 2000, I was, a international, I was at an international conference. I was a delegate. And the delegate sitting next to me was from the Philippines. And uh, at the end of the week, he gave me this shirt, never thinking that someday I'd wear it in the Philippines. 
And also, never think that I would be wearing it when I was preaching in the Philippines. So that was pretty cool to be able to do that. And they were very impressed that I had a shirt like this. So I think it's called a wedding shirt, right? I, when I left the ministry six years ago, I, uh, I was burned out, and I had a really hard time preaching. And uh, so when I was asked to preach in the Philippines, I was very, very nervous about the whole thing, especially since the fact we were going to get in at midnight, and then I was going to be preaching the next morning without meeting anybody beforehand. So anyway, I was very nervous, and... And it was kind of interesting because I was, I was told I was only going to preach in the morning. We got picked up at around close to midnight. Uh, Mark told me that, that was, they decided I'd also be preaching at the Filipino church in the afternoon. And so I'd have to cut my sermon short for that. And, but not to worry about it because we're not going to have, we're not going to use a, a, somebody to translate, just talk slowly, he told me. So, so, but when I was being introduced to preach, he also introduced the translator, so I had to, had to make some change with that. We had a lot of a lot of fun, and it really cured me of uh, this problem I had with, with preaching. So I think I'm ready for anything again. But anyway, uh, Sam Wena was probably the highlight of the of the trip, and the, the kids talked about how we kept getting drawn back back to that. And the service in the afternoon, which is every afternoon, was uh, at three o'clock. The joy and the energy is just incredible. And it just so happens that this same weekend, now they're 14 hours ahead of us, so, so when we were sleeping last night, they were having their service, but they were celebrating their 13th anniversary as a church. And they've been sending pictures about all, I mean, it was a big deal for them. They're, they had a, uh, we saw pictures this morning of the service, and it was just packed full of people. Uh, we're going to show some pictures, just some pictures of the building because uh, you noticed the slide earlier about raising the roof. Uh, one of the things that we heard the very first morning we were there is that they had a dream, and that was to add a second story to their church. Their church is actually a community building uh, that the, the church is able to use, and one of the, the, the challenges they have is that whenever there's a community event, then they they cannot have church or they have to move someplace else. And so their hope is that someday they'll be able to put a second floor on, on this building so that when they get chased out of the bottom floor, they can go to the second floor. Uh, I know that you who are engineers just go crazy to think about how they're ever going to put a second floor on this building. But uh, apparently they've got a plan. They're working with the mayor and uh, whatever they have red tape they have to go through too, but uh, they're hoping to do that. And our challenge to you as a church, to us as a church, is that, that we can help them put the second floor on. Uh, they're very excited about the possibility that, that they don't want, we don't need, we're not going to go over there and build it for them. That would be the worst thing we could do, but we want to help them to do this. So I encourage you to pray about it. And I encourage you. We're going to look look for ways that we can we can help this happen so that that uh, they can can uh, continue in the ministry. They're, they are a a lighthouse in the midst of poverty. It's just the poverty is amazing. But their their buildings right there in the middle of it, and the joy and the energy is, is just incredible. And they are bringing. They're the only church in San Buena, so it's pretty incredible. 
Justin's going to get up and talk a little bit and wrap us all up. But thank you so much for uh, your support. We had incredible experiences. I hope some of you can have the same. Yeah, so you guys have heard from uh, the whole team. You guys have heard from a lot of different people. And um, there's a lot of problems. Maybe for you, you just feel like, what do, I, what do I do? There's just so many things that are kind of going on. And um, I would encourage you at least at least one thing to do would be to find you know one of us who went and ask us for some some more stories some some more stories about about things that happened about about the people that we met um, because that's what's really important is is the stories the people that's, that was the point of going um, and, and we've also laid out a few other things you know there's there's sponsoring if you really feel like God is leading you to to sponsor one of these kids so they can continue on in their education they can continue on in, in mentorship and have hope. Um, you, sh- you should do that. You should sign up for that. Um, there's this need for this, this second story, right? And, and that's going to be a, a big need. Um, thankfully, American dollars go a little farther over there, which is which is nice. Um, but it's still it's still substantial. So a big need. Um, so so pray about that. Um, but but maybe you're in this room and and you kind of don't not not to be like mean, but you just don't really. It's not a connection. You don't really have like a connection with the Philippines, or you're kind of wondering like, well. I don't really think I'm going to go, or I, I don't think these other things maybe make sense to me as much. Um, what do I do? And I want to tell you a story about something I experienced there, and the way that, that it even connects with that video that we watched at the beginning of the, the tuning fork. Um, I met this guy that we've talked about him a lot, Jane, uh, Jamil, um, and I got to, to walk with me. He, he kind of escorted me from the like the church school center back to. Um, our, uh, our our place where we were living, and on the way, I asked if we could stop and get coffee, and I just talked with them as we walked, and we got in a motorcycle together, and it was really fun. Um, but I, I just talked to him about what it looked like for him uh, as a follower of Jesus, and and how how that was developing, how he was continuing to follow Jesus, and he started telling me about one of the the, the youth pastor at the Cells Alive Church. Um, his name is Pastor Will. Um, would meet with him every week. They would eat a meal together, and they would talk about the Bible. And they would they would walk through what it looked like for Jamil to follow Jesus in his everyday life. That is, in my mind, one of the most important things that, that can be happening for Jamil. I, I would call that discipleship. It's this older man who's been a Christian, who's teaching this younger man what it looks like to follow Jesus. He's doing it every week. It's this consistent thing. That's, that's happening. And that, that is something that is not limited to the Philippines. That's something that, that anyone in this room can do here. We can be participants together in the same kind of ministry that's happening over there, here, with people that we know, with people that we know who, who need the training, who need the follow-up. Um, and so that's something that I would, I would really challenge and encourage you to do, is become a partner in that. Because it's the same model that Jesus used. If you look at the way that he interacted with people, man, he, he loved everybody, right? He healed and he taught a lot of people. But there was just a few people that he really, he really trained. And he invested a lot of time with them. And he lived his life pouring into them. And that model for discipleship, disciple making, is, is transferable anywhere you go. And that, that is really exciting to me, that you can do that anywhere. It doesn't matter if these guys are living on um, dirt floors with concrete walls. That was Jamil's story. And guess what? He's doing the same thing that we can do here. 
And so if you want to be a, a part of this uh, in, the, in the grand the grand scheme of things, the, the, the big picture of things, um, find somebody who, who maybe just doesn't know as much as you do, just by a little bit, and, and see if they'd be up for, for being trained by you, for, for meeting with you somewhere regularly, for coffee or for a meal, and talk to them about what it means to follow Jesus. And, and also, on the flip side of that, find somebody who's maybe a little bit older than you or who, who you look up to, and ask them to do that with you. Have them pouring in, into your life. Because the cool thing about Pastor Will is he does this every week with Jamil, and then Jamil goes to like classes, and sometimes their professors don't show up, and so he just gets up and shares the gospel with the whole class. I was like, you're crazy, you can't do that here. <laughs> but he does it. And then sometimes, like, their professors didn't really have anything planned for that day, and so he talks to them, he's like, can I, can I just share the gospel with everybody? And they're like, yeah, sure. And so he gets up and he does that, right? But he doesn't do that unless Will is teaching him. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't, that's just not something natural that happens. This is something that is, is taught and trained. Um, and so we get to be a part of that in, in so many ways. I'm not trying to downplay all the Philippines and the work there. It's a huge need. But I guess what I'm trying to say is um, everybody here gets to be a part of this. And it's bigger than the Philippines. It's bigger than America. It's, it's, it's the world following Jesus and making him known. Um, so with that, we're going we're to close out here. Uh, if you guys would just pray with me, um, we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, finished up. Jesus, thank you so much for the Filipino people. Thank you so much for the, the ways that they are different than us. And thank you so much that there is no one right culture, that you are a redeemer of, of culture. And thank you that we get to see you your, your heart, your spirit, and your method in, in places all over the world. It's not just an American thing. It's something that we see everywhere. And so just like that banner I saw in the church that, that laid out from Paul to Timothy, from Timothy to faithful people, and from faithful people to others, that is, that is our story. It's the story of, of every Christian on this planet, here in, in the States and over there in the Philippines. I pray, Lord, that we would become active participants in that. That we would, we would do something about this. That, it, that our love would not just stay in our head, but that it would, it would come out in, in our wallets and in our hands and in our mouths and in our feet as we, as we go and we speak and we give and we pray for the people who are there, our brothers and our sisters. I pray that as, as we do that, that we would continue just like that, that video, the, the tuning fork. That as we um, participate in this thing with them, but it's focused on you, that we would be drawn closer together in unity. Um, that we would see uh, our, our church, um, common ground and, and the church as a whole, um, be impacting and raising up the church in, uh, in Manila. Sounds a lie. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. For your glory and your kingdom. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.